Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. This is for the week ending Friday, February 4th, 2022. Me, Eric Holmes, and Bruce Perky, we just finished an episode of Doing Cinematics. Look, Eric Holmes, I have a, I have a, uh, insecurity because I'm wondering, we're not a, as dynamic a person as Anderson Cowan. Were we able to, yeah, were we able to live up to that? Or how did we, how are we doing? Just subbing in for Anderson. You know, Greg, Greg, the only thing we can do is be ourselves, oh. be the best version of ourselves as we can be. And if I can be quite blunt with you, Greg. Yes, sir. Yes. You're always the best person you can be. Uh, I'm, I'm always. And that's uh, why I love you. That, thank you, Eric. That's very, very nice. You know what? I just heard Eric Holmes just whispering to Bruce Perky that I am the worst podcaster in the world because we reviewed the worst person in the world over at Cinematics. If you want to check out that feed, you can get our reactions to the worst person in the world. Bruce Perky, am I the worst podcaster in the world or Eric Holmes? Because you're the most insightful p- person in the world. I want I want to hear your thoughts on, on whether it's me or Eric. Who gets a tomato or tomato? Well, the important question is, are the three of us together, one Anderson Cowan. And I'd say, no, no, we are not. But we <laughs> oh. are three times the Warhorse recommendation. So we make up for it with that. We so <laughs> we're a three-legged horse, whereas Anderson Cowan is a centaur. So oh, very good centaur. We've never used Eric Holmes. You know what? This is the first. We've never used the word, the the, the image, or <laughs> we've never used centaur in two plus years of of movie mainline and find your film. Have we ever used centaur? Maybe in the spine of night or crypto zoo. Have we ever used centaur? Crypto zoo. Yeah. <laughs> I I might mark that as that's a mark against us. That's a failure on our part by a long shot. <laughs> that is a big failure. No centaur mentions until today. How dare us not mention the idea of a centaur? But before, I, yes, I, I make the I make this find your film promise. We will up the centaur talk from here forward. <laughs> okay. Well, Expl- today made it a hundred percent more centaur than previous episodes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do. We'll be doing a lot more centaurs in the future. Who knows? Maybe our our DJ our, our DJ in residence Peter Beta will make a centaur mix for us. Who knows? Find your film centaur mix. I'm all over that. Before we get into our featured films, this our featured reviews for this week. Very quick recap. Okay. Polystyrene. I am a cliche. It's a documentary. Eric Holmes, should people watch it? Yes or no? If you're a fan of polystyrene, yes. If you're a fan of music documentaries, yes. If you're like me, no. <laughs> Bruce Berkey, what do you say? Should people see polystyrene? I, say, I, I cl- say yes. I say it's at least solid. And if you don't know anything about polystyrene, it might be value added. And then, and then let's just say, uh, lame, uh, layman's terms, what makes polystyrene such an in- interesting musician? Just uh, the vo- for me, it was the voice. What was it for you? The persona, the whole thing. Very quickly, what do you think? Oh me, uh, it, it, I mean, she she does fun punk punk music. So there's that. If you like, uh, if you like kind of eighties punk, that's a that's a good one to start with. If you're not uh, familiar with it, and Bruce, you've always been a fan of polystyrene since you were a youth. I'm assuming. Maybe? Yeah, I I think she's an original voice even inside the punk community. I think she was kind of a weird a weirdo within that scene as well. So I appreciate that aspect of her as well. Final Flash Round, February 4th in New York and LA is the worst person in the world. We've been just throwing jokes left and right on this. Eric Combs, quick Flash Round, worst person in the world. It, it, it Did it hit you very quickly? Did, did it? Yeah? This was the exact opposite of polystyrene. I love uh, worst person in the world. Although I could see a certain group of people maybe watch this movie and maybe it's just a slog for them. Maybe it's boring. 
but other people will watch it and i think uh i think a lot of people will uh take to it but mm-hmm. i don't know yeah and i was surprised you know what eric i'm i'm very happy that you took to it and you just like the whole journey right the whole the whole interesting 12 chapter chapter journey of the worst person in the world yeah yeah just uh it had things to say about relationships that are uh you, a very uh, Bruce mentioned insightful and mature and uh, you don't see that kind of thing in movies like this very often. You see them, just not very often. Bruce, I'm, I'm an air doll person myself. How, how about you, Bruce? I mean, did, did it speak to you emotionally as far as how well layered this, this movie, the worst person in the world was for you? Yes, absolutely. I think it, it, it does what a great character movie should do and that it kind of gives you all those aspects of life. It gives you some surprises. It stylistically is very playful and does different things throughout its multiple uh, kind of vignette like chapters. So I would say um, this is one of those movies. If you're not liking one part of it, there's 10 more parts and you're more likely to like those than the one you just saw. And I think there's a lot to get from this for most people. The lead actress, Renata, we can't resne or we can't pronounce her name. We apologize, but her first name is Renata. She is a star in the making. Bruce, do you agree, disagree regarding that? I think she's a, it's going to be huge. Yeah, I think yes. we all agree that she's, yes. she's vibrant and all she's right. amazing and she can do it all in this movie and uh, she carries it. The other lead, yeah, she carries it. And also, I just recently interviewed Anderson Danielson Lai, and he is the male co-lead. Actually, it's the lead, Renata's the lead, but he has a big role in The Worst Person in the World. What's so interesting is Eric Holmes listened to my interview with Anders, Anders Danielson Lai, because you know why, Bruce? Do you know why he listened to it? Do you have an idea? A great interviewer. Oh, thank you, Eric. No, I was going to say that you listened to it because you are such a huge fan of Bergman Island, which he also starred in last year. Correct? That, Correct. That was, that was the main reason. The second reason is that you're a great interviewer. <laughs> thank you, Eric Holmes. Again, a recap. Both Bruce and I absolutely love Bergman Island. Bergman Island did not catch Eric Holmes is fancy. Eric Holmes always feels a little bit bad whenever he has to say this movie wasn't for him. But I, I'm a meanie. I, I wish I could, I could really. When I'm, when I'm not gonna like a movie, I'm just gonna get right to it. And I, I, I have a feeling that Bruce Perky is going to be in that mood pretty soon down the road. But before we get to that mood, that vengeful mood, or this ravaged Bruce Perky on a movie that we're gonna cover, let's cover a movie that, due to my irresponsibility and maybe the fact that it was like looking in the mirror after watching the first 10 minutes of this movie, I decided not to complete. This is a movie directed by Corita. Corita is best known for his work in Shoplifters. I believe that was released 2017, 2018. Widely beloved movie. Also, he directed the movie Afterlife, which I know Patton Oswalt says it's one of his favorite movies. This movie, Air Doll, was released in 2009. So it's not a new release, but it's a new release for us here in the United States. So it's opening in VOD on this Friday, Air Doll. And it centers on, yes, an Air Doll. A, well, it's a pretty much a sex doll who, who comes to life. She comes to life within the first seven minutes of the movie. No, this is not Greg Trzavosti's version of Fantasy Island. This is actually the plot of Air Doll. And she comes to life and she ends up working in a video store learning about cinema and film and through her journey and i can say this because that's a plot summary on imdb imdb through her journey in the video store she comes to i guess maybe a little be a little bit more of a human and she starts falling in love 
with a video store clerk. Unfortunately, again, I didn't have, I was my bad. I've only seen about 25 minutes of the movie. So far, I really enjoy it. It's beautifully shot. It's from the same cinematographer who do, who uh, lensed In the Mood for Love, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. So it has that, that look to it. And it's directed by Corita. Eric Holmes, Airdoll. Interesting premise. Did this movie work for you? I'm 25 minutes in. I'm excited to finish it. Should I finish it? Yes. Yes. This is a strange movie. Um, it's, it, uh, as you mentioned, a, uh, a blow up doll, an air doll, uh, if you want to be less grass about it, I suppose, um, a guy has an air doll and he does things. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be kind of like a Lars and the real girl sort of thing. It, it kind of felt like it was going there. And then the guy leaves and then the air doll gets up and all of a sudden she's a real girl now. And she goes, real woman, woman, not girl, <laughs> she's a real woman. Um, but uh, she kind of goes out about the day as a as a living, breathing human. Uh, she mentions later on she's, she's found her heart and uh, she can kind of have her own um, uh, free will, I suppose. And she's just kind of uh, just taken in the world. Um, it's got, it's. It's not exactly like Amelie, but it kind of has that sort of flavor to it where it's kind of kind of uh, whimsical and kind of fun. But the fact that she's an air doll and then when it goes back to that, it gives like a really like sad and almost like uh, it gets it gets really weird and sad and kind of pathetic. Not like the movie's pathetic, but like the, the actual term pathetic is like, Oh, like you feel bad for her. Like before she, before the, the uh, guy that, you know, bought her gets home and she's getting in air, back into air doll mode. She lays down and it's like, yeah, I, I can't remember the exact words, but she has like a mantra that she says, like, this is what I am. This is what I, you know, like she, she succumbs to the fact that she's only there to serve the person that bought her and to have, you know, if you have an air doll, I would not watch this. This would make you feel really bad about it. Uh, But this is really good. Or do watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there there you go. Um, But uh, this is a, uh, this movie goes places. And and it, it's the movie itself doesn't get weird. It's just the setup. Like you you follow her as a character because you see her as a as you see her as a a human as a person. And then when the movie reminds you, oh, this is an air doll. That's when it, at least when I'm watching it, my brain starts going, oh oh geez, that really sucks for her. And then that um I don't know how much to talk about uh there's there's some certain turns um and the uh ending gets real sad but kind of kind of happy it, it, it's it's really totally like kind of all over the place but it's it's like assured like the movie knows what it's doing it's threading that needle so to speak um i'm having but, a feeling that this movie actually struck a chord with you that you really enjoyed this movie yeah, i mean it, yeah it struck like 12 different chords with me <laughs> As I'm watching wow. it, um, uh, at like at times it gets real sexy. Um, the, when she meets a certain person, and then there's uh, you know, things that go on there. Um, it it you know it, it gets 
real like a like a really good uh, romance. Um, and then it, but like it, it, it keep at least for me, it kept bringing me to like these really high highs, like any good romantic comedy would. And then it reminds me of what it is, and then it just brings me right back down again. And that is very tough. and and that, and that's not that's not a knock on the film. That's exactly what I think the film is. The filmmakers are trying to do. Um, they're they're playing the audience, and it played me quite well. And wow, I don't know. This, this is for everyone, but it's it's certainly interesting, and I really love this a lot. Well, I, w- I was saying in our cin- the cinematics, uh, cinematics podcast earlier this evening, I was saying that how me and Eric are the less insightful ones and Bruce is very, the insightful one. That's actually a very insightful review from Eric Holmes. Very well done, sir. Well, and don't struck, get used to it. Don't get used to it. Struck 12 <laughs> different chords. It struck 12 different chords with Eric Holmes. Did you feel the same way regarding Airdog, Bruce? Um, I wasn't quite as high on it. I did like it, um, but I didn't like it a lot. Um, I had some big problems with it. Um, probably some of the things that he mentioned were kind of didn't work for me, that did work for him. Um, one of the biggest problems I had with it, I guess, is that the wistful stuff, the kind of, you know, she's kind of childlike going out into the world, um, actually didn't but she's an adult she's well. an adult just we're talking about yeah. sex doll so You're right. well, she's an adult. It, we're older and this exactly gets to my point um i think that okay so this is kind of like pinocchio it's kind of like ai this is like um something where it's trying to learn what it is to be a real human right that, and it's kind of for some magical way it becomes a human but it has to learn what it means to become a real human that's it's kind of been done to some degree but never like this um the problem is this you still have a woman actress in the beginning parts of it acting very childlike and in, you know, stereotypically sexualized presentations. And so it kind of, while it's trying to do this thing about her understanding what it means to be a human, it's also, I think, I don't know if it's unintentionally kind of letting her be objectified in the point where she's not supposed to be objectified. So I think that is kind of problematic for me in the first part of this movie. And it's also the least interesting part to me. Now, the other stuff, the stuff that Eric's kind of getting at is interesting to me. So the stuff where it starts getting sad, it starts getting dark. When it's weird and dark, I think it's the strongest. And I'm not going to say what happens, but there's a point about halfway through, which I'm guessing Greg hasn't got to, where she gets injured in the video store. And that scene is fucking amazing. And that scene is like one of those moments you're like, holy shit, this movie is really doing some interesting, weird stuff with this with this situation. And I, And there's another scene, hmm, I can't talk about it. <laughs> there's <Okay>. another <laughs> Eric probably knows what I'm talking about there's another scene where it's very obvious that she's a sex doll after or air doll after something has happened and you're like oh that is so sad that is yeah. so dark um, there's a, wow. there, there was a couple of them yeah. but I think there's a few of those which one you're talking and, about. I, and I think uh, when it's is trying it... okay here's, here's what I say there's two sides one side is trying to be like a childlike wonder at becoming a human in a world you don't understand. I don't think that stuff works as well in this movie. The side that's like sad reality, even for this new life going into the world and how it's kind of reacting to all this other loneliness in the world, that stuff works really well. And when it does that and combines it with her being an actual living sex doll in an actual world, 
that stuff works really well. So for me, this is like three stars, but it could have been a five star, 45 minute short for me. So. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is actually a mild recommend. Three stars for Bruce Perky. Sorry for cu- cutting in air comb. You were saying, go for it. You were. Oh, no. I, I, I was saying, like, the. I, I see, I totally get what you're saying about the whimsical stuff. I think where I appreciated that was that was the uh, smoke screen for me. Like, when yeah. it got to the whimsical stuff, it was like, I forgot what movie I was watching. And then it brought me down to the movie. What's so yeah. then those parts that you found really interesting, I did too, but it was because it just like it, the movie just kept catching me off guard, even though I knew exactly what I was watching. I just like for a bit, I'm like, Oh yeah. Romantic thing. And then, Oh yeah. God, this is where we're at. <laughs> Son of a- I, I just felt like all that stuff could have condensed like to about 15 minutes of screen time. And yeah. maybe the whole movie could have been a 30 minutes shorter. And I would have been like, this is a, powerful movie and instead it kind of got diluted by that stuff very interesting i i I would love to have like a like after maybe after greg watches it like this this is a this is a good one like after greg and you know ed the movie comes out and everyone gets a chance to watch it this would be a great one to do like a really break it down because i i think it's saying some things i'm not you know that this is definitely a movie that i'm kind of uh going in my head and certain parts i can't even talk about but uh there's yep there's some stuff going on here and i really appreciate it and wish we could talk more about it What's what's your one other? I'm so. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Bruce. I, I, I was say one other logistical thing. Did this keep bothering you? Like, how does she know when to get back there before the dude gets back there? <laughs> That's all I can never figure out. I was like, how does she know? It's uh, it's uh, you know, uh, she she's just go with it. off. She she just has good <laughs> she timing. Just knows <laughs> she knows when the horny dude's returning back home. <laughs> well, Eric, Eric, you know, um, and Bruce, I just want to say that she aired all. She has uh, access to my Google Calendar, so she she goes back whenever she wants to. She's fine. She knows when I'm coming back. By the way, Eric Holmes, I, I'm thinking about movies that you've reviewed. My heart can't beat unless it tells tells you to. Is that the movie? There's a movie called Rent a Pal, and there's a movie called The Gin. I haven't. This is this. Mo- I'm not saying you're going to give it a, a rating like this, but I have. You feel ve- to me. I'm picking up the vibe. You were very invested in Airdal. So with that said, with that said, would love to hear what your rating for this movie is. This would probably be. This would probably be four. Um, I don't know if it's four and a half, but this might like that. That's why I said I want to do like spoilers because I I think this is one of those movies. Like once more people. Starts uh, once more people are able to see it, and once you get the conversation going, I think there's a lot in here to unlock that I just haven't yet. But I I did really enjoy it, and right now it's four stars. Room to grow, room to grow, but with room to grow, room to grow here, not down there. Because and I think (laughs) I'm going to go three and a half. I'm going to go three and a half on this. There's enough good stuff in this that overpowers the other stuff. The other stuff is just like annoying. In I just wish it quite wasn't quite as much of it. So I'll go three and a half on this. Well, how was my performance in the movie? Did I do a good job as the dude? Was that pretty good? You, oh, your, your performance is coming up later on. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> and I was really, I was really disappointed with how you treated um, Nozomi, and I, I just have to I'm have sorry. a talk with you um, because yeah. she, yeah, mm. <laughs> not so good. Okay, so that is Air Doll. It's in theaters and also on video on demand, starting February fourth, two thousand twenty-two. Now, we, we were talking about rage and not liking a movie and all that stuff. There's a movie that's also coming out on Friday in theaters, digital on, and on demand. It, starrings, it stars Charlie Hunnam, stars Mel Gibson, 
Marina Bakarin, whole bunch of Paul Ben Victor, a character actor I love. There's a lot of really cool people starring in this movie called Last Looks. It centers on Charlie Waldo, played by Charlie Hunnam. And Waldo, as we we meet Charlie Waldo in the beginning, he's out somewhere in Idlewild, out in the out in the forest in California. He's living in some kind of uh, what, what what do they call it? Those no, what is it called Eric a trailer or not a trailer? It's like a steam airstream. airstream. He lives in an airstream. Yeah. Okay, kind of beaten down, and it's just him and a chicken, and he's trying to actually meditate. He's all alone, and then it's been three years since he, <laughs> and Bruce is already smiling. <laughs> he's just gearing up. He's got the gloves on. Morena Baccarin, she comes in, and she plays a former flame of Charlie Waldo's, and she's trying to bring him back into life, and she's telling Charlie Waldo, come back to L.A. We need a former cop. The, the, this this uh, celebrity judge played by Mel Gibson, he's asking for you, Charlie Waldo, to come and protect him and clear him from this murder. This celebrity judge, again played by Mel Gibson, is accused of killing his wife. And it's up to Charlie Waldo to leave Idlewild, come to L.A., come to the mean streets of Los Angeles and help Mel Gibson's character, the celebrity judge, clear his name off this supposed murder, this uh, murder of his wife. So it's it's sort of like it's a modern day film noir, has a little bit of kiss, kiss, bang, bang in it, a little bit of detective fiction. It's based on a series of novels with Charlie Waldo, obviously in the center. I ended up actually really enjoying this movie. The movie is directed by Tim Kirkby. Okay, very interesting. Very interesting movie. I recommend it. This is a four-star film for me, but... It's not a four-star film for, for I, I would like, like to hear what Bruce and Eric have to say. Bruce, let's start with you regarding Last Looks. Yeah, no, this is a mess. This is a big mess. Um, I, I got about 30 minutes into this movie, and I thought to myself, this is a failed TV pilot. That's my first guess. I had no, I had no knowledge of the, the, the series of novels or whatever it is. Uh, I mean, I guess it isn't a TV pilot because it's, um, you know, it has – you know, it's rated arc, I guess, for language. That's pretty much about it. I don't think there's any nudity or anything in this. It's based on a series um, of novels by Howard Michael Gould. He's also the screenwriter of Last Looks. So that's the, that's basically the source material. Charlie Waldo is a, a, ser- a character in a series of books. So Yeah, but this doesn't even seem like it would be a pilot for a series on like HBO or anything. It seems like more like network TV. Um, it feels like it really likes the Rockford Files, but not as good as the Rockford Files. Big Lebowski? Feels like it likes. Uh, oh God, no! Uh, feels like it's maybe likes Murder She Wrote, but it's not as good as that. Um, the plot makes no sense. Um, the characters are cringe-worthy at best. Mel Gibson doing a kind of um, a, a Southern accent and a British accent, and drinking yeah, that was drinking alcohol and imbibing whiskey, and, <laughs> and Charlie whiskey. Waldo. Charlie Waldo. <laughs> what a name. Uh, Charlie Hunnam like, wears this kind of scraggly beard through most of it. And then we have a sexy beard trimming scene. That was that was something I was waiting that's a, for in That's my life. a big spoiler, Bruce. The beard, um, beard trimming. It's like that, that Steve Perry video in Journey. You don't, you're not, you don't know he's going to shave off that mustache, and he does. You're not supposed to say this that. Is, this is one of those movies that, <laughs> that wastes every bit of talent that it has in it. Uh, if this were a TV pilot, I would give it two stars. Uh, but since it's supposed to be a movie, I give it zero stars. Zero stars for last look. Zero. My there, it doesn't look good. Nothing. There's no good acting. The music's terrible. The story's terrible. There is nothing good in this movie. Don't. It, how about this? It's a, an engaging shaggy dog story. Don't you think, Bruce? It's not. It's not. <laughs> 
It's not. It's terrible. It's zero, zero. It's got from- stupid shit in it. Oh, st- like, like, oh, let's get a, oh, he, he, he's out on the, off the grid. So he's going to ride his bike to the bus. Oh, now we're going to see him get off his bus. Oh, he's going to be riding around LA. Isn't that quirky? We got lots of quirky stuff in this movie, you know? Oh, he's going to, oh, he's got a, oh, his, his bike is locked up. That's going to cause a confrontation, I bet. Oh, that's quirky. Oh, there's an elephant statue on his property. I don't know why there's an elephant statue on his property, but it's going to have a plot point to it. It ties the, the the elephant. It ties the entire forest together. That's what it's supposed to do. The elephant, like the rug. The, man, the, the elephant man. It ties the whole room together. So that this is movie it. wants to be so many things, and it can't even get up to the level of a bad seventies cop show. Yeah, let me let me see what I I, I think I gave it. I I wonder if I gave it four stars or three and a half stars. I'm going to look at it right now. I gave it. Oh, I gave it three uh, and a half stars. What day? What day did you do that on? I saw that a couple of days ago. Yes. Okay, but- that's the day that Greg does crack, just so you know. <laughs> I'm actually going to I'm going to actually room to grow Eric Holmes. I'm actually going to give it 4 stars. Mine right has now. all the room to grow. <laughs> you, you, hey, Bruce, Bruce will, buried that seed. <laughs> Bruce, do you th- do you think we'll ever do a spoiler episode of Last Looks? What do you think? No. I mean, what are you going to spoil? Now, zero stars for Bruce Perky, four stars for me. Eric, which one? Which one? Me or or Bruce? Who's on crack? You're gonna be the you're gonna be the final vote on this. Well, first of all, I want to be fair to the movie. Um, the version I had had some sound issues, which I imagine will be fixed by the time the the movie comes out. The characters were talking. That, that was not the, the sound, sound issue. issue. I'm talking. That's so funny. That's so the funny. The script was being read, <laughs> but. Uh, this movie also came at a time where I was thinking to myself, man, I haven't seen Fletch since I was a kid. I'm kind of in the mood to watch Fletch. That's very cool. Yeah. And this movie was kind of how I remember Fletch. So, so I was kind of, I was kind of there with it. The The movie started off like, oh, they're going to do pig again. All right. That, I mean, they, they, already, <laughs> they steal they his chicken, of, steal his chicken. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, this movie is called chicken with Charlie Hunnam. Uh, but then it, it turned a little more uh, quirky and fun. Uh, I think uh, everything Bruce said is right on. But this would this is a case where I was just kind of here for it. Um, yes, love so it. Yes, I kind of yes. Go with it. Uh, yeah, go with it, Eric. Um, I mean, what watching anytime Clancy Brown shows up, that's good. Robin Gibbons. Uh, can, can we? Can we? Uh, Kimmy. Later let me on, uh, let me interrupt week. you. Let me interrupt you though, Clancy Brown complaint regarding this movie there should have been more clancy brown correct a little bit more well yeah but there's like a hundred thousand characters in it so you can only have so, so much time with each one um and i i really love sons of anarchy and yeah, i love Charlie Hunnam in it and so anytime he comes out with the movie i'm kind of rooting for it anyway um and uh i think bruce said kind of off air that charlie hunnam's He's kind of miss and miss with a lot of his movies, like Triple Frontier. I like Triple Frontier. I like that, um, but for the most part, like they're they're kind of misses. Um, but this one, this one hit for me. But I, it it, it also hit me at a very specific time. <laughs> you caught me at a very strange time in my life. Last so list. that's the day that Eric does crack too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that was the day Eric was like, I really want to watch Fletch. But uh, what's this last look? And I'm watching it going, this kind of reminded me what how I remember Fletch. So it, it was so awesome. 
it, it was kind of that silly kind of uh detective mystery thing uh you know mel gibson is in it so they, you know people have uh think away about them so it that if that turns you off that's you know that's not probably not going to change with this although it is interesting that he's got like a Oh, I do say, Charlie Waldo, glad you showed up here today. You know, <laughs> hearing Mel Gibson talk like that, and then all of a sudden he gets in no. character and he's like, I'm an old Southern man talking about my Southern things. And <laughs> oh, no, I but do to say that points, was a very good performance. Stop it, Eric. Stop it. You're going to make me want to watch Last Looks again so, and, Bruce, and actually want to reconsider you, watching it, right? Bruce? No, all of you, you're bringing up. You're bringing up all of these great actors, and I'll even include Mel Gibson in that. I have no problem with Mel Gibson as far as his acting and the movies he's made. He's made some great stuff. As a person, we'll leave that off to the side. Yeah. But to waste all of this talent yeah. drops it further for me. So this, if this was just slow, a little independent movie that had no nobody stars and all that, I would probably give this two stars. They tried, they swung, they missed. They have all the talent in the world in this movie, and they have a decent budget, you can tell, because they wouldn't have all this talent without a decent budget, and it looks like a movie. It's not shot really cheaply. That's a detriment to this movie. That's and, why I drop it lower. And to Bruce's point, he's not wrong. But if you're listening to this and you're like thinking, I haven't seen Fletch since I was a kid. I kind of want to watch Fletch. And then you watch this, you'd be like, that's kind of how I remember Fletch. And then maybe you'll only like watch this, this movie if someone pays you to watch it. There you or, go. Funny. Or <laughs> if you've done crack, which apparently sure, I, that works. Dude, Greg, can you believe how much of a nerd Bruce is? He doesn't even do crack. What a loser. <laughs> that's my, okay, that's my review. Do crack, have someone pay you to do the crack, and then pay you on top of that to watch the movie. And I will say, go for it. Well, I had a fun time with Last Looks. Bruce did not. Zero for Bruce. Four stars for me. I am excited to hear what Eric Holmes, his ratings throwdown when he was in a Fletch state of mind. What is your Fletch state of mind rating for Last Looks, Eric Holmes? I'll go right down the middle with this one, uh, two and a half. Because um, if I was not in the mood for this, I probably wouldn't have liked it. It, it just caught me at the right time. And uh, as I'm watching it, I'd probably do like three stars, but like just trying to be objective about it. I think two and a half is probably right down the middle is probably. Um, and then whatever side you end up on that is up to you. But okay, I, 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 I had fun with it. Caught me at the right, right time, but objectively probably two and a half. Objectively two and a half stars from Eric Holmes. That is a, that is a middle of the road rating from Eric that um, Eric, um, Bruce's zero, zero rating is not middle of the road. That is, off the road that is Roland Emmerich just took the road and he blew it up again in one of his movies and I give it four stars that this this rating runs the gamut we'd love to hear what you guys think of last looks you can actually email me at editor at deepestdream.com and yell at me or hurl expletives if you see it and say Greg why the F did you give this four stars I should have listened to Eric and Bruce and maybe instead watch Fletch instead of last looks again Friday comes out, and also it's going to be on digital and on demand. Now we are getting into our flash round of recommendations. Bruce Berge, I'm sorry for besmirching your name and so just throwing all this dirt on you regarding last looks. Let us cleanse with a couple of really good recommendations from you. It's it's okay. Last looks threw the dirt on me already, so I was already buried. <laughs> um, let's see. 
Uh, I will start with Class Action Park. This is a movie I kind of meant to see for quite a while. It was on HBO Max forever, and for some reason it also dropped on Hulu in the last couple weeks. So I was like, cool, Class Action Park. I'll check that out. Um, directed by Seth Porges, I guess it is, Purchase, uh, and Chris Charles uh, and Scott. Oh, Chris Charles Scott the Third. He's got a long name. I don't know what's up with that. Uh, this is from 2020. Uh, documentary. Um, this to me is the perfect example of like a fun documentary. I guess the kind of the opposite of what uh, Eric was saying earlier about another movie on a uh, cinematics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this movie is going to be telling you in a fun way about something you may not have heard about. Uh, and the information it's giving you is so interesting that I think it overpowers any talking head issues you might have. If you don't know anything about class action park, it's about Action Park, which was a uh, theme park, I guess, or mostly just like rides in uh, New Jersey. And it mostly was around in the 70s and 80s, and I think a little bit in the 90s. Uh, it was legendary for being one of the most dangerous and injury slash death inducing theme parks ever. Um, and as you watch it, <laughs> it's – I'm just going to go into it. If it sounds interesting to you, go watch it because it, it will blow your mind – from beginning to end. One of the things it does, that's really interesting at the beginning. It has lots of animation throughout where it kind of shows you this animated kind of cartoon like version of a map of the park and all the various rides that it had. And when I started watching it, I saw, Oh, there's that. That's kind of weird looking. Okay. Hear about this park. I little did I know it would basically go into every single one of those rides and how that ride was specifically very dangerous and how it got created to be that way. And it sounds like this is one of those parks where basically they just kind of made it up as they went. It wasn't like you think about most rides being where you say, let's get an engineer involved. Let's do some, you know, let's figure out what's safe for people. Let's let's take it and make it even a little more safe. No, this is the kind of park where they make a loop-to-loop water slide, throw some dummies down there, and the dummies come down dismembered. And they say, oh, make it a little less steep and throw some people down there. And they come out bloody and they're like, okay, we're good to go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it's just that uh, times 100. Uh, very interesting. Very fast paced. Uh, lots of celebrities pop in here who have been to it when they were kids because uh, it was this legendary place where people would just send their kids uh, for the weekend and go do their parent stuff. And uh, yeah. It's a really fun and weird, interesting documentary. Okay, so that is Class Action Park. You were it said it was for a while on Netflix. For some reason, it was streaming on Hulu, which is you, you are a subscriber to Hulu, Bruce Perky. You really so it, as soon as you saw it, you said I'm going to go check out Class Action Park. Eric, have you seen this movie documentary? No, I have not. Okay, well here's the thing. Some extra from extra research I'm seeing on IMDb in 2018, they made a movie called Action Point. Which was it stars Johnny Knoxville, and it was inspired and named after the real park, which you've actually researched because you've seen the documentary. Maybe Bruce Berkey might want to see Action Point, which was released in 2018 and stars Johnny Knoxville, because you, it might really expand your universe on Class Action Park. That movie, Action Point, is directed by by Tim Kirkby. Tim Kirkby's recent movie is called <laughs> Last Looks. Last Looks, which is now out on, on February 4th in theaters on digital and on demand. So, don't so his, to his record of taking something that might have been interesting and making it less interesting is 100%. <laughs> very, very interesting. Okay, so you know what? Let's do the uh, round relay, round robin. Your turn, Eric Holmes. What you got? 
Okay, I What's would like to. I, first of all, I would like to uh, name this review. It's called Eric's Eternals Review, and only the Eternals Review. Um, Eternals is an MCU movie uh, directed by Chloe Zhao, uh, written by a bunch of people, and this movie uh, has a bunch of really cool ideas. Um, uh, it, it was actually pretty interesting. Uh, I noticed all the MCU mo- nerds were kind of complaining about it. So this was the one I was like, well, maybe that one is pretty good. And uh, plus in this uh, department is it's got uh, Dong Sook Ma from uh, plays Gilgamesh. And if you saw uh, the cop, the gangster, the devil, he's the, he's the Jack, Jack version of Gregster's velocity. Oh, so good. R- right along. I I loved him. And this is an Eternals movie. So anyway, when the Mandalorian shows up, um, you know, he's going around with Grogu and uh, you know, he, he's he's trying to find okay. he's trying to find out where Grogu needs to go, you know. And it, it's very important. And this is also very important to the review because look, it's it's it worlds, you know, the the interconnect connectivity this is totally an eternals review but anyway so the mandalorian <laughs> he gets it he gets his beskar steel uh spear and you know you know you don't want a beskar steel because that can go through beskar armor and mandalorian armor that could kill him but anyway so mandalorian he's got grogu and he <laughs> needs to help him find his people and then eventually he finds Luke Skywalker and everyone oh, did right away. This just becomes probably one of my favorite movies ever. The Eternals because Luke Skywalker shows up and grabs Grogu. And so anyway, we get, we just get so much more insight into the Mandalorian and like, you know, he takes his helmet off and he's not supposed to. So is he a real Mandalorian? And he's very conflicted about that. And this is, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's got a lot of uh, character development, much more than a uh, MCU movie such as The Mandalorian. I mean, The Eternals does. And this was uh, th- this was a very good movie. Had some very interesting things, and I can see why the MCU fans hated it. And uh, that was completely an Eternals review, and has nothing at all to do with Mandalorian. That's when okay. So this is this is basically this is basically Eric Holmes reviewing Eternals, trying to infer, not in a subtle fashion, the crossover potential between Disney and the MCU and no, Star no, Wars. no, no. Eternals I... has nothing to do with with uh, Star Wars. <laughs> okay. It's all Eternals. And it's, it's very the Eternals is very good. It, the MCU you know, fans hate it. Two two words, Eric Holmes: Eric. capitalism. But but standard. I have to. But. <laughs> As a writer of yes. Star Wars Disney Plus shows, I have to be focused on my Eternals review. That's okay. why I decided just halfway through that I need to talk about Mandalorian because that's important. Very, Eric, Eric, I have to I have to correct you on one fact though. I, I, you got one thing wrong, What's and that, that is, um, Greg is the jacked Greg. Uh, oh, that, very, see, that's what I thought. I, I was like, he's just sucking his gut in to make him look like all skinny. <laughs> Everything else, you were right on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's that is not making me want to see Eternals for a recommendation, but it is on. As Eric Holmes has said, it's on Disney Plus. And you know one, what? One one last thing I'll yes. say about Eternals is if you're following the Mandalorian, uh, you might want to watch Book of Boba Fett because they're wrapping up some shit on. <laughs> 
Okay. Very, very good. Eric Holmes, ensuring that we will... We're wrapping up some shit that you might need to uh, pay attention to, so I'll I'll leave it at that. That we will never, ever be sponsored by Disney+. Plus. Disney, by the way, don't don't listen to Eric Holmes. I love you. I'm sure Bruce loves you as well. Please send us out to Burbank. Send us to your studios. I'm a big MCU fan, but again, you know what? Who knows? Maybe Eternals might be good. I don't know. I still have not gotten... Can I be serious about Eternals? This is actually not bad. You cut this down to an hour and a half because there's an hour worth of MCU bullshit that doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a good hour and a half movie in here, and oh. uh, I, I was kind of surprised that Chloe Zhao was able to uh, get some of her fingerprints on this. And there's some cool ideas. It just doesn't fully work because you are like, yeah. the fact that it's tied to the MCU just adds plot holes all over the place that don't yeah. need to be there. If this was like, uh, if this, if eternal, like Chloe Zhao was doing an Eternals movie and it wasn't part of the MCU and they could just focus on this one story, there'd be some, there's some really cool stuff in here. Unfortunately, oh. it's, it's connected to a bunch of other stuff that it probably shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well that's, that is an honest review. Now after that comment, I might actually want to see Eternals to see some of that 90 minutes worth of footage. Bruce, your second and last recommendation for this week. Well, um, ironically, I'm going to be reviewing a movie that's on Disney+. Plus, So I might redeem <laughs> slightly <laughs> our uh, reputation with Disney+. Plus. Um, I have been hearing and hearing and hearing for the last, I guess, two months about Encanto. And I thought, you know what? I'm in the mood for something that is actually uplifting and I don't have to like get into a deep drama and it might have some songs that are fun. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do Encanto. So I started watching Encanto. Um, this is directed by Jared Bush and Byron Howard and Sharice Castro Smith. Uh, the music, not the music itself, I don't think, but at least the lyrics, if not the music too, is by guess what? Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. So that automatically, if you're into that should give you a, a you know, Head up that you might want to check it out. Um, this is a beautiful movie. I love this movie. Uh, this is one of those movies, uh, kind of like what Eric talked about with In the Heights, which is on my list to see. I need to see In the Heights. Kind of when you need one of those movies, it just, you're going to go watch it and it's going to make your soul feel good. You know, you're going to be able to just sit there and 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 it's going to be something uplifting for your your brain and your, your being. So this movie uh, is really simple. It's simple, but it's not. Um... The basic concept is that this entire family, the Madrigal family, live in Encanto, which is kind of this enclosed Colombian valley, this little village in this enclosed Colombian valley. And the matriarch of the family had a tragedy in her life, and the candle she was holding when she had this tragedy became magical. And all of her offspring and all of her family members now, as they get to a certain age in their life, they are given a gift of some magical ability uh which leads to just all kinds of fun things going on between all these different characters and the main character mirabelle which you've probably seen the picture of this kind of this little girl she's not that little she's probably teenager i guess in the the world that she's in she never got a power when she was a little little girl and she went up to go they have like a ceremony where they go up they touch this door that they're given in the magical you know um, candle and it didn't give her any power. So she's kind of feeling like the outsider in her family this whole time. And the story is all about what 
happened with her and why that occurs and kind of how the whole family um, deals with a coming, uh, I guess I would say a coming um, crisis to the family. Uh, and there's no real villain in this movie, which I think is really a, a great. It's just a family movie where all of the family members are really unique and interesting characters. All the songs are really fun and energetic. And in fact, the entire movie is really energetic, super creative, and really vibrant and beautiful. Yeah, the colors are and, really popping in Kanto. They're, yeah. They're, you, you've seen yeah. it, I'm guessing, probably? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. I liked yeah. it. It's good. Yeah, I, I really loved it. This is like maybe kind of like what happened with Eric. This hit me at the right time. It was like I was just in the mood for not a serious, not a big drama, not anything heavy. And this was at the right place, right time. And I just I just said, yep, this is for me. I love this. So uh, this, yeah, yeah, this is five star for me. It's, oh, five, five star. stars. And five stars for Encanto for Bruce Bruce Perky. Yes. And it is the co-directors are Sharice Castro-Smith. This is her first directing this is pretty much her directing debut and she collaborates with fellow co-directors like you said jared bush and byron howard jared bush and byron howard are two of the directors behind the previous hit film zootopia which a movie that i really love as well so hopefully eric you have have you seen encanto did you like that as well did you see encanto i I have not but it sounds like it sounds like a fun one and uh given some of the movies that we got coming up maybe in the coming weeks uh this might be a good uh antidote for some of those yes yeah, might this be might exactly be. that kind of movie like you're just like you know what i don't need that kind of movie today <laughs> put this on and well, you don't no. have to even watch the whole thing you know like you can just yeah. yeah eric i'll be honest with you though as much as i love encanto encanto last looks a little bit better okay so now we're gonna go <laughs> just kidding not taking People. it not taking the bait you're not taking it you're not gonna ta- you're not gonna no. take the bait but you know what you're gonna take you're gonna take the abeta Eric Holmes, what does Mr. Pete Abeda from Middle Class Film Class do for us every single week? Hey, yo, Pete. Oh, hold on. Some Jawas want me to look for some eggs for them. <laughs> no, I gotta, we're doing a podcast Synergy. right now. It, it, okay, Jesus Christ, here's your egg. There you go. Can I finish <laughs> the podcast now? Thank you. All right, we'll return next week. But until then, Pete drops that beat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking box? All right, we're back. Very, very good, Pete. You you definitely did drop the beat, and definitely, more importantly, check out Pete and his crew over at Middle Class Film Class. This week for What's in the Box, Bruce Perky, what do you got for us? Uh, we have a separation, uh, which was the previously heralded movie um, by the same director as A Hero, which we direct- we reviewed last week or the week before. I believe a couple of weeks ago, Asgard for Hadi. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Asgard for Hadi is from 2011. Uh, I don't believe this is streamable for free on any services. At least I didn't find it. No. I, I rented it. And I yeah. believe that uh, Eric also rented it. So we can both talk about Bought it a little it. bit. Bought it? Cool. Um, <laughs> i my hand a bit, but go on. So to me, this is uh, this really shows a director that is has a very specific, I guess, voice. Like if you liked one movie, you're going to probably like the other movie, and vice versa. Even though they're not the same story, you you can feel the same like creative force behind it. I feel like. Um, so what's the basic concept of this movie? This movie starts out with um, Nadir and Simon, or Simon, uh, Simon, Simon. Cut it. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> um, 
You have a couple, and they are basically in their court. And once again, after a hero, we've noticed that the courts are very different over there. <laughs> there, It's just like you sit in front of a guy, and he basically decides what's happening in your life, which is really stressful to me. I mean, not uh, anyway. that far off from how we do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it feels like you're just sitting in a little teeny room. Like, they're in a closet, it seems like. Anyway, they're sitting there, and um, they're basically deciding on getting a divorce or at least a, a separation. And the idea is that she has a visa, and she only has so many days to get out of the country. And he refuses to go. He doesn't like the fact that she's going to go because he has to stay with his father, who has Alzheimer's. And he obviously doesn't also want them to take her to take their daughter. So there's kind of a... A conflict over that. And when it started, I thought, okay, this is going to be a movie about, you know, this conflict between these two characters. You know, they're going to be fighting over it and trying to figure out how they're going to make their lives work or not work or how they're going to split up or what it's going to be. And you think that's going to be the case. And then it quickly kind of morphs. And because she's not in the house, she's staying with family members, possibly forever or temporarily, you're not sure. He's there with his daughter. And the father who needs caretaking, so he hires a kind of a housekeeper that doesn't really know that she's going to end up being uh, taking care of this elderly Alzheimer suffering man. And that is kind of the first, I guess, 40 minutes of the movie. I'm not going to get through a lot of things. I'm not going to get into some of the twists that happen, and Eric can kind of tell me kind of what he thinks too. But there is a couple of inciting incidents that occur that causes a, a big rift between the the husband character uh, Nadir and this housekeeper and her family and then it kind of like a hero it becomes somewhat of a mystery and somewhat of a court style conflict there's a lot of moving pieces here and just like a hero I think it's really interesting really insightful somewhat stressful uh, serious um, it's just a really complex and interesting deep movie and I don't it's hard to describe and get do it justice. I would just say if you liked one of the other two movies that we've discussed and you like that kind of that flavor and that depth and that character building, then the other movie that this person has done that I've seen does some similar things. Is it better than a hero in your in your opinion? Uh, to me, I think it's a little better. I think they're very close. Um, this one to me, I think the stakes are a bit higher. Um, and there are a few more characters that have really well-defined conflicts. I, I, I think that I, I found this a slightly more compelling, but okay. it's a pretty slight difference. Very cool. Eric, your thoughts on separation? Uh, Asgahar Farhadi is, uh, he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pretty good filmmaker. Uh, this one was really great and it didn't open up with walking. So right away, I was like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is, it feels like, uh, it it feels like Jules Dassin where he's kind of got his lane and he's like, where, uh, Jules Dassin is really good at setting up the stakes and then playing those stakes out. This, he kind of does the same thing, both with the hero and with this, like, you know, the first half of the movie or first third of the movie is setting up the stakes and the rest of it is just turning the screws as you go along. And like a hero, this this is almost the exact same thing. Different different story, different uh, circumstances, obviously. Uh, but the performances are all there. 
um the again uh, we get the uh, with the hero with a hero and now this or for most people on the planet this and then a hero um you know we we get to uh learn a bit of how uh kind of their jail system or court system works um this feels more like a uh less like a court and more like a uh, uh what what's the what, oh, what what's the word for that you don't go like to a court mediator? Yeah, like a, a mediator sort of thing. Um, although the mediator has stakes for sure. Um, the, uh, uh, was it Hojajat? Um, okay, so the the Nader and Razier are the two main guys, the the guy and the... Uh, oh, his, yeah, right, right. right. The, the, his dad's caretaker. He pushes her and uh, allegedly... Uh, that causes her to fall down some stairs and give her a miscarriage, and then that's that's the that's the uh, you know that's the thing at hand. Um, then uh, Nader's wife comes back, who left right at the beginning, uh, Simeen, and uh, she doesn't help things. Uh, Razier's uh, husband, Hojajat, um, she keeps butting in. And not helping. They should just call this movie "Quit Helping" the movie, yeah. <laughs> because there's so well, many characters that like that like to just kind of butt in, and like the 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 mediator or judge or whatever whatever his position is, he's you just see his face like, just tell me what the hell happened. I just want to know what the fuck happened. Can you tell your husband to shut the fuck up? I'm done listening to him right now. And then that, and then there's a whole uh, mystery about. Did she fall down the stairs? Did something else happen? You know, uh, the, and it, yeah, it, the, the, this movie's really, really, really good. And um, I'm kind of disappointed that I've been sleeping on Asghar Farhadi for as long as I have, because uh, he's two for two in my book and I'm loving it. Would you agree, Eric? I think one of the things he does in both movies that's really good is that he creates situations and he gives you just enough information that you have to kind of figure out you kind of have to judge these characters and like think like well who's in the right and who's in the wrong and then as the rest of the movie goes on in both of these movies he changes the facts a little bit or he gives you a little more information and then it always you you find your your alliances constantly like shifting and and flowing and you're trying to figure out like do you know what i mean like i i kind of get a little bit well like there was one uh part where uh uh nader's uh daughter asked him a question and it's like, did you do it? And he's like, yeah. And it's like, well, why don't you tell him? Because the reason I did it was this. And they don't want to hear that. They want to hear yes or no when the answer is kind of sort of. They don't want to hear kind of sort of. Right. They want to hear yes or no. And and this movie and a hero does does that sort of thing great. It, it plays with the, you're lying. I know. And I I completely get why. Because the you know right. the um you know the the questions he's being asked aren't fair, I guess. Uh because there's gray area and there's gray area that's relevant. Sometimes there's gray gray area where it's not relevant at all, but in in, uh, in certain cases in this movie, there's gray area that's completely relevant, but you know, it it's not um they're not in a position where they can be gray because no one wants to hear it. 
And if there's anything in this movie, I think you're right. Absolutely. And I think if there's anything in this movie that edges it just slightly above a hero for me, it's the character of the daughter in this movie. Because I really love the character of the daughter and the complexity she adds to this movie. And I also think both have these kind of enigmatic endings. We're not going to talk about what the endings are. They both have kind of enigmatic momentary endings. And I think this one's a little more powerful as well. This one leaves you with a question that's like, kind of it's just it's pretty rough um this is a good movie i, okay. I think I, I think both endings are really good because you kind of yeah. know you you like with a hero and with this you yeah. know how it's gonna end but it just lets you it just lets you sit there and it's like well is that gonna yeah. happen you don't know it it's literally like, does that know. to you too yeah <laughs> bruce what's your rating on a separation made in 2011 um i think i go Four and a half on this one, which is probably what I gave the other one. I'm they're, they're almost a, they're, they're both great movies. Okay, four and a half for you and Eric Holmes. Your rating of a separation. I think I gave a hero four and a half because of the walking at the beginning. And <laughs> yeah. This one didn't have that, so this one gets five stars. And oh, had a hero got rid of that walking, walking up stuff. steps at the beginning, yeah, the these two. would <laughs> both be five star bangers. Yeah, well, you know, bottom line is even with the with a complaint of the walking in the beginning of a hero, you still gave a hero very high rating as well. So that's really cool. Currently, as of this recording, a hero is available for streaming on Amazon Prime Video. But like Bruce said, if you want to check out Ascar for Hotties 2011 film, A Separation, you're going to have to rent it like he did or purchase it like Eric Holmes did. As we speak um, on Amazon Prime Video, you can also check out the 2016 film, The Salesman on Amazon Prime Video. Maybe it's maybe that's something that I, I might want to check out as well. So maybe maybe the thing is watch as many Asgard for Hottie films as possible, right, Eric? Is why <coughs> sorry, why you can? I would say so. And uh, just going off of Bruce's review, I would say uh, Throne Encanto if you're going to do a two P just. Yeah, throw right in between Canto them. In between. Canto. Yeah. And throw, yeah, go, go the, a hero. I would absolutely then, endorse that. <laughs> in Kanto, and then close out with, I apologize, that is... <laughs> so Bruce is, uh, or I'm sorry, Greg is on the phone. He's uh, he's talking to the, uh, apparently Disney called them. They okay, weren't so I thought it was the Airdoll, uh, Airdoll manufacturer. Airdoll no, manufacturer no, coming uh, in with yeah. a new order. My bad, that was... The, that... the thing is, when I talk shit on Disney, especially the Star Wars and the MCU, and I feel real bad for Bruce because they're always calling him right away. And they're like, you shut Earth the fuck up. This is your last <laughs> one. And so... Sorry, sorry, Greg. Sorry, they had to no worries, they had no to worries. jump on your ass like that again. I, you know what, you know what, um, you know, Star Wars and MCU, they're they're wonderful. They're <laughs> no, that, that was just a call from my five year old niece and and my yeah, that, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's what totally it was. from your five year old niece. It's not the Disney Plus police. Don't worry, everything should be fine. Or, of and, course uh, not, Greg. Of course not. Of course not. You know, Bruce. One of these days when Eric Holmes gets a really big development deal on Disney Plus, we're just going to run these tapes for, for extortion. It'll be really nice to hear when eventually you know, and then Eric Holmes will be quoting stuff like capitalism and synergy to us while he throws us his throws us a couple of pennies along the way now before we get to that you know what we're finished almost finished but i almost forgot but i didn't forget what's in the box what's in the bleeping box i didn't forget the oh, hell, Bruce, what's in the box come on oh he's back <laughs> nick officer nolte. krupke <laughs> <laughs> nick nolte from all holland falls well whatever this is i really got a big piece of paper for it so let's see what it is 
Oh, this was actually suggested by Matt Silman. It's Laventura. Oh, Laventura. Oh, Matt, when did, you, it. when did you get this? Did, did, I don't know. Did, I don't. I I get things that are. I think of things. And I put them in the box and I forget that I put them in there. Sometimes I have two or three times because I don't forget that I put them in there. So. Yes, but I believe Laventura did. So Matt Stillman actually, Matt Stillman is a member of our Facebook group. If you want to actually join our Cinematics Facebook group, you get some really great recommend movie recommendations every day from people like Matt Stillman and Joseph Bridges and so many different Andrew Martin once he comes back to Facebook and just so many interesting people. So we'll see. That'll be really cool. Laventura, it stars, I believe, I could be wrong, it stars Monica Vitti, who I believe just passed away today as we speak so that's an interesting choice for laventura and it's, wow. I, think it's, I could be wrong i'm, I'm gonna look it up right now but that yeah disney yeah. plus was really pissed off about that yeah you know no monica vidi was it was quite the international star i could be wrong and if i am wrong i will make sure to edit this but if i'm right i'm gonna leave this right here so laventura for next week's what's in the box before we go eric holmes final thoughts um, yes, uh, it, as much as I was, uh, uh, making fun, Eternals, not bad. There's a good movie in there and I, I'm sure most people checked it out anyway. I'm always, uh, lately I've been the last one to uh, this and, uh, separation as Farhadi. Yes. Asghar Farhadi. Farhadi. I'm just gonna have to. I'm just gonna have to just go through that. Uh, go through the uh, thing. Yes, oh, Mon- and uh, are we gonna preview next week? Well, preview. you know, hold on. Before we preview next week, yes, Monica Vitti. She passed away today, as of, as of this recording. Movies that she starred in was La Notte, Red Desert, Le Clis, and of course the aforementioned La Ventura. And before we preview next week, we're gonna actually. We're going to preview next week. We're going to have for next week, we're going to do, you know what? We're going to do a new segment every week as we're closing the episode. We need to preview. We're going to, we're going to preview for next week. We should, we should have been doing this for years on end. I'm going to call this, this new segment at this like one minute segment, our last looks for next week. Last look segment. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I, I, a little spittle because I, I, I laughed at my own stupid joke. Last looks, you know, eventually air comes. I'm going to get that two and a half star for last looks to four stars. And one of these days, my, my mission is to get Bruce to actually give it one star. But next week <laughs> we will be reviewing here before a, I don't know what it is. It's a, it's a movie starring Andrea Riseborough. And I believe Riseboro, right? And she is fantastic. Bruce Berkey, are you a fan of her stuff? Give me a couple of Andrea Riseboro films that you really love. Uh, well, there's Mandy and Possessor. That's the obvious ones off the top of my head. Okay, how about you? Very good. Great, great choices, Bruce. I remember kind of being mixed on Possessor, but Bruce, you were a huge fan of that film. For me, it's Mandy. What is it for you, Eric Holmes? What are some of the Andrea Riseborough films that you really, really love? I mean, and uh, Mandy and Andy. Mandy and uh, uh, the Possessor are the only ones I can think of, but let's see what she's done here. We got that. Uh, she was see, in The uh, Grudge, which you didn't like too much. She was in Wicco. Birdman. Oblivion. Birdman, she was great. She was great yeah, in Birdman and ones. Death of Stalin as well. Grudge was yeah, and then also, oh, she was in Waco. Yes, that was yes. a cool series. Is that, there you is go, that the Waco. One so there you go. Yeah, she's been some. She's been yes. some good ones. Some good, good ones. And speaking of bangers, which Eric Holmes like always likes to talk about on Amazon Prime Video, there's a series called Zero 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 
which she is fantastic in. It's a she co-starts with with uh, Gabriel Byrne. It's a drug thriller series. It is fantastic. Angie Risebro, quite the treasure. Can't wait to see her latest film here. Before that's going to be our first movie and. I don't know. Our second movie. Can you say something about Cosmic Dawn? We're going to be reviewing it next week. You guys want to say anything? It's a UFO thing. What do you think? Um, I'm. It it, it looks like a good uh kind of uh almost uh I, I don't want to say midsummer because it doesn't look like that, but it's got kind of that sort of uh cult. It looks like it's got like some sort of cult thing going on. Um, I have no idea what it's going to be about, but it looks interesting. I'm- I'm thinking it might even have shades of um, what was that Hale Bop that comet group that was all like weird. Oh, interesting! I remember oh, they all killed yeah. themselves. The Hari Krishna might have shades of that. Maybe. Yeah, we'll, yeah. the Hale Bop we'll Krishnas. See. We'll see that, but that'll be for Cosmic Dawn. And also, Bruce Burke, you might be watching a boxing film called Catch a Fair One. So who knows? We will. We might be able to review that as well when time permits. Speaking of time permitting, we are signing off right now with some final thoughts from Bruce Burke. Well, I would sing it, but I know if I sing it, it'll get bleeped. So I will just say, the Disney police, they live inside in my head. The Disney police, they come to me in my bed. The Disney police, they're coming to arrest me. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, with that, we love you, Disney. It's a small world, but not but not thanks to Disney. We love you guys. Right, Eric? It just reminded me, Greg is all right. Bruce is all right. They just (laughs) seem a little weird. (laughs) Okay. With that, folks, we'll see you next week here on the Find Your Film Podcast. Take care and thanks for listening.